You're listening to a podcast from Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, whose mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'd like to open us in prayer this morning, so if you guys can just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are and what you represent. Lord, you are truth, you're the way and the life, and no matter what we're facing or going through, um, we know we can always depend on your stability, Um, you are the rock we can fall back on and find peace. I pray this morning of your words of the Great Commission, that we can learn to listen to them, uh, to take it to heart, to marinate on it. Uh, and trust you as our Father that this is something that you have asked us and we can bring glory to you through it. So please open the ears of us all and uh, please speak through me this morning. In your precious name, amen. Good morning. And I am, can I take this off of this or do I have to? Okay, so I want to take this off because when I I like to kind of, I'm an actor and I like to kind of set the stage. Um, those of you that have been walking with us, <clears throat> we have been working on a renovation uh, project for the last pretty much six months um, to get into this home that we had purchased that was a short sale and had a lot, a lot of work to be done. And throughout this process, there's been a lot of different things that obviously need to fall into place. I came from a family that was mostly sports, and that's about it as far as kind of the the culture of the guys. We didn't do any cars or really any handiwork at all growing up, uh, any one of us in my family. And so when my wife asked us to take on this project, I have like zero experience besides painting to do any of these projects. So I'm going to focus on one project in particular and kind of walk you through just how this project kind of went for me. So we just recently redid the floors. And so when my wife says, oh, we're going to, you know, add in some flooring, we're going to redo it, stain it, seal it. I'm like, okay, uh, that sounds great. Um, little did I know the, the process and the hours and the mental um, problem solving that this would entail. And so we start off by having to lay all the, you know, wood floor in half the house. Never done that before. Uh, thankfully, we had people from this church and, and friends and family help us through some of this, that, that process. Then we had to rent equipment and sand it three separate times with different grits. Each grit brought its own challenge. I thought, oh, yeah, just run, you know, run the sandpaper over it, and it'll be just all magically great. And we run it over, and there's all these spots everywhere. And I'm just looking around going, like, what? You know, this is horrible. Like, we just, you know, spent all this time doing this, and now we have to go back and spot check it. Same thing with the second grit, problems, you know, third grit, we finally get that done. We do the stain, hands and knees, you know, this is a 2,000 square foot home, and so most of it hardwood, so you can imagine that process and how long that took, a couple days of work. And then we get to the seal, and we, three coats of seal, uh, first coat we put on, second coat, things, things, things seem to be going well. 
And then we get to the final step of buffing and, and, and doing the last seal. And as we're buffing, my dad and I, we start seeing chunks of the seal coming up and the stain coming up off, off of the floor. And we can see back to the original natural color. And my dad's like, this isn't, this isn't right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think it is. I think this is, you know, we, 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 we were told to do this on this grit. Let's just keep going. Thankfully, he stopped about a third of the way and said, no, I can't go any further. I'm like, okay, well, I'll call Mallory. <laughs> so my point of this whole story is every step of the way, I, my, one of my problems is, is that I like to see things modeled. And I, every step of the way as I'm trying to do this project, it's like I'm very fearful to try it because I don't want to screw it up. Uh, I'm afraid of failure. I think I've realized through this experience when I fail, it's a hard thing for me to swallow and I don't really see it as a learning opportunity. Um, I see it as that's the end of the road. I failed. This is miserable. You know, I, I just want to be done with it. Mallory, on the other hand, um, has kind of encouraged me to embrace this. And she tells me, you know, I've never done a lot of this stuff either, but I'm willing to, or we need to try it and learn. And the reason I bring this up is I think my approach to working on the house is the same way that I approach deploying into culture. Um, I grew up in a church that was very good at service and, and good at hospitality. I would say mostly service was their number. If those of you that are kind of attending or newer to Red Sea, we have um, our mission statement. One of those is deploying to culture, which involves serving people, welcoming them into your home and, and being hospitable and obviously speaking the truth of God to them in evangelism. So my church was pretty good at the service piece growing up, and that's how I was modeled. We just go over and serve all the time. And so when, when there's a service project, I have no problem. I'm just like, I know what I'm doing. I get up, I go and help the people, and I don't even think twice about it. And the hospitality piece, I was modeled quite a bit too. But the, I had never seen, honestly... A, anybody sit down and talk about the gospel with a non-believer ever. I just never saw it. Zero examples. So when I came to Red Sea, and I started hearing this message more here about you need to not only serve, be hospitable, but also be brave enough to speak the truth of, of the gospel, it really challenged me, obviously, just like the house did. It was brand new, um, and obviously my first instinct was the same as the house. I'm afraid of failure. And so instead of attempting to try or just take a step of faith and go and talk to somebody about it, I ran from it, just like these projects. I don't, I'd rather not fail. I'd rather just avoid it and not take that step of faith to see it through. So I wanted to, this morning talk about this commission or this command that God has given us that has challenged me. And then I want to kind of look at it kind of with another, uh, just some other parts of the scripture that I never really took time to reflect on as when I was kind of preparing this message this week. So if you just give me a second, I'm sorry, my phone, I need to get it open here so I can get to my, uh, there we go. Here we go. 
So I'm going to read the passage um, about the Great Commission. Okay, a lot of you have heard this here, so I'm just going to kind of read it off my phone, and then I will kind of reference it as we are going through the rest of my message. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The part that I always focused on when, they would bring, when we would be hearing this passage here at Red Sea was, go therefore and make disciples. And like I told you, this part was very challenging for me. What I neglected to look at was some of the other parts of this scripture that I think bring more light to this command. And my focus on that you know, phrase of making disciples blinded me kind of from the rest of the passage because that's what I was kind of focused on. So I'm going to kind of highlight a couple different parts of this. One of the lines is, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, as Jesus is talking to his disciples. So I've been reflecting on, the, reflecting on this this week. If Christ truly has all the authority, if we really believe that, in heaven and earth, I really need to take this command seriously. And if I'm a follower of Christ... Obviously, I need to acknowledge and take action in the fact that he is my authority, which means I need to listen and do my best to obey whether it's comfortable or not, which is hard for all of us. And I think of this, a lot of you can relate, as I am a parent now, I think about this kind of perspective as I parent Esther. Okay, I have authority over her being her father. And I ask her to do certain things because I love her, and I know what's best for her, more than she does at this, at this time in her life. And I feel that God is in that same way. He knows what's best for us. And we don't, just like Esther being a two-year-old, don't obviously always know the whole picture. And so we need to trust. He loves his creation. He has chosen us, okay? We're his children, and he's asked us to spread this message of salvation through Jesus Christ on the cross. It seems easy, you know, just go and share this message with people, but it's one of the most difficult things for most Christians. I think as, as I've been walking in my life and I've talked to other believers, this is one of, the mo- one of the main things that people will admit they struggle with in being a follower of Christ, is being able to share with others this message, We serve a good God, and we need to trust his authority, even if it seems challenging or impossible. And I like to remember this verse often. With God, nothing's impossible. For us, for man, it is. But if we can believe and lean on God and truly take a step of faith, which means we're not going to know what we're doing, we're going to be scared. It's not going to be comfortable. In fact, it could be extremely painful in some circumstances. And I believe he's just asking us to take that step 
and not be afraid of those things and trust him with the process. The other part of the passage I was blind to, which I think is just crucial, is the very end, the very end of the message or the, his, the message he has for his disciples. I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I was thinking about this. Why add this message on the back end of the passage? I mean, he could have just said, go make disciples of all nations. There you go. Have fun. Good luck. That's not what he does. We know that he has this on the back end of the message because, first of all, we know it's true. There's many scriptures in the Bible that talk about God being with us and never leaving us alone. And I know a lot of times in my life, I have felt alone a lot. But I know the truth is that even though I feel that way, he's there. The truth is he's there, and it, he always is there, no matter what I feel. And for those of us that have chosen a life to follow Christ, it's awesome to know that he will always be with us on earth as well as in heaven. From here on out, we're never going to be separated from him as long as we believe and follow him and believe in Christ on the cross. It also occurred to me that Christ knew this. He knew that we were going to need him. Uh, if we were to help spread this gospel message, um, he would need to be right there with us the entire way. And I think of back to this, examples of this with the disciples. These men uh, walked until they, till death, carrying the message amongst threats of their life, beatings, physical pain, mental anguish. There's no way they could have done that on their own. Impossible. None of us can. And so God was with them, and that's the way they're able to continue in faith because of God's presence with them. Now, he knew the task was going to be difficult. And I believe the only way to carry it out for all of us is to know that he's there, to, like I said earlier, trust him that he's there, and know that he is a part of the process. It's not just us. When you know that God's with you, it's very, in my mind, a little more comforting to take that step. It's not all about you. It's not, you know, all of a sudden it takes away my excuse of failing. How can I fail when God is next to me? The result really doesn't matter. It's the obedient step. Those people could accept Christ. They could not. They could yell in your face. They could be offended. I mean, all, there's a, a numerous myriad of things that could happen. But if you take that step of obedience, God will work in all those, all those outcomes. And he will have a purpose for it. And so... Instead of taking this step and thinking, oh, this is only going to be successful if this person accepts Christ, we take the step in obedience and say, God, I trust you. I'll trust you with what you will of this and what you want to do with this. And that takes away, for me, and my, you know, issue, the fear of, the, of failing, because there is no failing if we're obedient. As we come to the close of this Deploy to Culture Challenge, and I know for a lot of us, I know in my home community, this was, this was a challenge um, for all of us in different ways and different capacities. I continue, or I urge us all to not think of this as the end, but the beginning. I think for a lot of you, this challenge has brought you further along than you were before. 
And I encourage us to take that and keep moving forward. The process of growing. We've made a step. Now let's keep taking steps. Um, knowing that this is hard for all of us and we can all admit it, uh, we're in this together to support each other, to walk it with each other, and to disciple one another through this process of trusting God with, with deploying to culture. Whatever excuses we have does not match up at all with the good God, good God we serve. And we do have excuses, right? All of us have excuses. If we have fear, which is my excuse, we need to face it with our faith in Christ, like I talked about. That needs to be more important than our fear. If we have laziness, we need, we need to face it with urgency to serve our ultimate authority and take seriously the things he has asked us to do. We're going to, in a minute here, hear stories of, of people that have taken steps of obedience in a lot of different ways. We're going to ask you to come up during this share time and talk to us about your process of deploying into culture, whether that's serving somebody that you, you know, normally wouldn't have served or wouldn't have otherwise, um, hosting somebody, if you were able to speak the gospel. Um, we want you to come up and celebrate just any step that you took in the process. It doesn't have to be that it ended in a conversion that somebody believed in, in Christ. It just, we want to hear how God has grown you in this and how this has changed you um, and the people around you. I'm going to start off with a story just to kind of get us, kind of kick us off here. And this is kind of the end of my message. I want to kick this into share time. And I want us to kind of, as we're listening to this story, I want us to kind of think about how God is working in all these, all these stories today. How is God, what is God doing? What is he, how is he moving in each of our stories as we get up? So I want you to think about it through that lens. Some of you have heard parts of this, um, but I'm going to talk to him about my story of my buddy Tyler Smith. I am a teacher at a school, and he was one of my co-teachers, and I've worked with him uh, for the last three years. And through the first year or so, I kind of gathered that, at least I believed, he was an atheist, just because of I teach science and having conversations about certain things, about, you know, evolution or different science topics that might counteract the scriptures um, in certain things. I kind of thought, okay, this guy just doesn't, you know, has no interest in, in this uh, Jesus at all. And obviously, just like I told you, I was terrified that if I ever brought it up to him, he'd just be completely offended and that I would lose that good bond with him in my working relationship uh, and it would obviously not be comfortable to be around him much anymore. As I got to know him more, I kind of got to know more of his story. And one thing that really was hard for me to hear, but is part of his story, was his, one of his examples of Christianity was his uncle would used to come over to his house when he was young and tell everybody in the house and himself that they would all burn in hell. And that was his experience or encounter with a Christian. And so as he got to know me and learned that I was a Christian, I was a very different example than that. Obviously, I didn't go in and tell him that or have that type of a 
approach. I just committed to having a relationship with him and genuinely getting to know him and, and learn and grow a deeper bond with him. And as we did that, we were able to start talking about deeper things, naturally. I mean, it, it, that's just how it works. When you invest time with people, things get deeper as you trust each other. And one of the times I, I uh, confessed to him and opened my heart to him about my depression and anxiety, which I suffer from. And it was amazing. One of the times I told him this and opened my heart to him, his response to me was, you should read your Bible. I know that that helps you. And it really shocked me that out of all the people, he was the one that was encouraging me to go to God's word and find comfort there. I mean, out of all the people, maybe I would, you know, think it would be Josh or Royce or, and of course they do too, but I'm saying to come from him, a guy that I thought nowhere was Jesus remotely associated with, he's the one that said that. And so God obviously has to be working there. I invited him to my baptism, which was a year ago or so, and he came and it showed up and brought me flowers and was able to hear my testimony of Jesus Christ. And during one of our deeper conversations last year, and I put him on the My Deploy to Culture challenge card, I told him I wanted to talk more about my faith. And this, again, this is like two and a half years, guys, into this. I mean, I'm not bragging here. This is, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I could have done this a lot sooner. It took me this long to kind of finally realize I needed to take a step of faith. And I told him I wanted to talk about my faith since we were becoming a lot closer, and this was a part of my life he didn't really know about. I mean, he knew about a lot of other things, but really didn't know a ton about my faith. And after that, he replied, I will one-up that, and I'll go to church with you. And this completely caught me off guard, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, it, it was... I just still have a hard time grappling with that response. So, and another interesting thing, too, sorry, another interesting thing he saw too was he came to one of our home communities, and referenced later that this was like your. He, and this is something he said. He said, "This is like your family." When I came to your home community and saw you guys interacting, it just felt like you guys were a family. So my point of this story is God's ability to bring the impossible to reality. I would have never thought he would have said any of those things. In fact, I just didn't believe it was ever going to happen, and yet God showed me that the impossible in my mind, is a, it can be a reality for him. His way goes beyond my and all of our reasoning. You know, if you think about things that you reason through, God goes beyond that in ways that you can't imagine when we trust him and, and allow him to work. So with that, I encourage you to come up here and share stories of God working as, as you deployed into culture. I'll just leave the mic up here and feel free to come up and share with us. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Leonard, if you don't know me. Um, well, what I do, I usually just... Um, tell people about Jesus Christ, that um, I'm into church, and I'll talk about Jesus Christ. So that's what I like to, um, that's how I um, share the gospel with people. Thank you. I, uh, 
I was given my card back this morning. It's really cool in the back of my card. It shows that where you guys have been praying. Uh, there's, they've been in the back of the room. So to see all the different people that have been praying uh, for the five people that I chose at the beginning of the year, um, I have this little, uh, this little ring. I keep it on my backpack, and it's a, it's a, a link of a chain. Um, and it, it's a good reminder for me that the, that the gospel and people coming to Christ is typically a process. It's a bunch of little conversations that kind of all add up over a period of time. Uh, and so over this past year, uh, it's been amazing to be uh, the link, you know, in somebody's chain um, over the year. Uh, and my most exciting moment this past year in the, in the Deployed Culture Challenge was, uh, was Easter. Uh, because on Easter, um, uh, we got to sit around my, uh, my mother-in-law's table. And uh, we were able to have uh, co-workers there. Uh, we were able to have my, kin's, my kids' friends there. And we were able to have my, uh, my in-laws' neighbors there. Uh, and it was such a, a beautiful picture of, of, of this. Of, in the, and I think the year before that, it was just like a bunch of Christians sitting around a table, you know? And so to then come back the next year and see, you know, in, in relational investment and the fruit of that, uh, that was another link. You know, that, that one meal we sat down and the, and the conversations we had and the relationships we built uh, were, were just a link. And so it's so much fun to now have something to now build off of. You know, we have, we have some, some relationships, something that's established, and we're looking forward to continuing to do those. So um, when I look at the five people on my card, uh, three of them, uh, are no longer in my life. They've just moved out of Portland, moved out of the other area. But the two people that are still there, um, we've made progress. You know, we've served, we've been hospitable, we've had gospel conversations. Uh, neither one of them have come to faith in Christ. Uh, so you guys, please keep praying uh, for the people in my card. I want, I'd love to see them come to faith in Christ. Um, we've talked about it. We've talked about the gospel. We've talked about Red Sea. Uh, but, uh, but there's been movement, and that's what gets me excited, uh, to see movement in that. So... Just want to share with you guys. I only had two people on my list. However, my husband has five people. And uh, the three people that he has on there, I thought, oh, gee, why didn't I think of that? You know, so he had um, a bigger vision, I guess, than I did. And so I've told you about the two neighbors I have next door, uh, Graciela and Pablo. Um, Very nice family. I've met his daughters since then. And... um, Graciela was working, so I had not talked with her a lot. But there were, and every time I talked to Pablo, I shared this before, we'd like to invite you over. Oh, he always kind of backed off. He said his wife doesn't speak good English and would feel uncomfortable. So I thought, okay, Lord, where do you go with this? So the next thing, she retires. I find that she's retired. One day I was working in the yard, and the Lord, I saw them coming in, and the Lord impressed on me to walk over there. So I thought, okay. So I walked over there, and I said, Graciela, you're retired. Would you like to come over and have coffee and a coffee cake one day? And she goes, yes, when? I went, okay. So I gave her a day, and she was there on time. I told you back in December, she knitted me a crocheted bedspread, or afghan. This time she came with two knit caps for winter. And I felt, gosh, I don't have anything but coffee and coffee cake. She spent an hour and a half. Her English is really very good. So I've come to the conclusion that it's really more Pablo who's holding back. He'll talk with us on the street, but he's a little more hesitant about coming over. So even though our year is over with, um, I see God still working. So I'm doing it on his timing. 
So, so don't give up on who you've got on here. And I, now that I see who my husband has, I'm going to work on those too. <laughs> yeah. Um, just off of a blue card. And so we put people's names on the list and we, we tried to figure out a way to build relationships with them or to encourage them to do things and, and spend time with us. And I think the most amazing thing through this whole challenge was we actually built real friends. Like in the attempt to minister to people, we built true relationships and true friendships that that we wouldn't have if we wouldn't have been encouraged to seek out these people. And so um, the most encouraging thing I think for us would be that in trying to minister to other people, we built actual friends and, and built actual relationships that will last a very long time. And so I was very encouraged by that and just that even, even if it, it doesn't turn into them accepting Christ, um, they've changed our lives for the better. So, thank you. Last call for anybody that wants to, to share. More than happy to have you up here. Okay. Nobody? Um, I'm excited, scared, uh, what's the word? Kind of feel like stepping into a dark cave. I don't know what you call that, but just, I don't know, kind of t- taking a step blindly. I feel that way, but I am also encouraged to know that we are not alone. Not only do we have God with us when we are stepping out to deploy to culture, we have each other. So I just encourage you guys in your home communities to be discipling one another, asking about it, check in on how it's going with reaching people. Um, It's a way for us to help walk this walk together because it's not easy. Um, But with obedience, as we know, uh, bears fruit. And and the Lord um, will be with us. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please visit us at www.redseachurch.org or contact us at info at redseachurch.org.